Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me for the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. On this edition, we're talking union hockey. We'll have comments from Union Senior Forward, Zach Amalophone. Union Beat Writer Mike McGannon joins me now. Mike, hello. How's it going? Uh, pretty good. Um, we wrote last week about how the uh, you know the four sections of the ECAC hockey um, standings were pretty well established. Somebody would have to get hot to kind of jump out of their group into another one. And right now, that team is RPI. They're on the cusp of uh, getting a first-round bye if things go their way this weekend. Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk a little we'll about get that. To that. Yeah. But uh, meanwhile, Union um, – how would you describe their weekend last weekend against Princeton Quinnipiac? Uh, down two nothing against Princeton, they end up coming up with a tie. They're up against Quinnipiac, end up losing in overtime. So it was sort of a, to me, a, a blah weekend. I thought it was actually a pretty good weekend for them, especially the Quinnipiac game. They really came out with a lot of energy and fire. It was senior night, so they were, had a little extra motivation there, and they played very well. Um, We've said this a million times all season, their room for error, their margin for error is very thin. And sure enough, 10 seconds after they went up to zip, they kind of let their guard down and Quinnipiac came down and scored sort of off the, the ensuing face off, which was a big, you know, it's kind of a big momentum killer. And it also from a mathematical standpoint, it, it put uh, Quinnipiac in a, in a much better uh, position to tie, which they did. In the and if I recall, there was like a delay after the goal because they were checking for offsides, I believe. Uh, I don't know if they were checking. I'm trying to remember which. Because well, uh, it, it took a while, then they quickly scored. Was it? I yeah, there were delays left and right. Yeah. That game really took forever. I mean, out of the six ECAC games, um, that one took the longest in regulation, and then we we had overtime piled on top yeah. of it. So they get, there were delays left and right. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, it was also the most exciting game that we've seen maybe all year at Mess's Ring. Um, just the way Union played with a lot of energy. They moved the puck very well. Um, uh, Quinnipiac got 53 shots on goal. And Darian Hansen made a career-high 50 saves. We were talking to him this afternoon, and you know, I, I think the way Quinnipiac plays, they they just try to bomb a lot of shots on net. Doesn't matter if they're really quality chances, but he did stop a uh, a breakaway that uh, led to a subsequent penalty shot that he stopped that also. <laughs> so it wasn't like it was all like you know fluffernutters from uh, the perimeter. Um, so I, it was actually a very entertaining game. It had a little bit of everything. There were hard hits. There, you know people's anger dander was getting up between the fans. I think Rand Pecknell was a little, little miffed a few times as a Quinnipiac coach. Um, Rand Pecknell getting mad? Nah, come on. I, I don't think it would be a Union Quinnipiac game without him getting <laughs> mad about something. Um, but, I mean, it had a little bit of everything. It was it was fast-paced, um, scoring chances, a lot of action. Um, uh, what it didn't have for Union was a win, and, and – you know, after all that mess of that game and, and you know, 53 shots by Quinnipiac, the game ends when Odin Tuftall just throws the puck uh, to the front of the net from the bottom of the, the left circle, and it just hits Ryan Sidorsky's stick and bounces in, and Darian Hansen kind of had like a fumbling chance to, you know, it was kind of like a, a – you know, like a hard um, chopper to the uh, shortstop that hits a rock and suddenly changes directions. And, and, uh, and that was the whole ball game right there with, um, 
ironically, Anthony Rinaldi in the penalty box at the time was one of three seniors, and uh, and he was yeah. in the box. They had like 27 seconds left in his penalty and about 41 seconds, something like that, left in overtime to get to a tie. And then they, you know, after all that, they lose on this kind of fluky bounce yeah. off the defenseman's stick. Well, look at the standings for Union. As far as Union is concerned right now, they can't finish no worse than 10th. They're four points out of ninth. That's where Browns has 16 points. Union has 12. It's going to take a miracle for Union to get nine. They'll end up with the tiebreakers head-to-head. Uh, head head. Uh, Brown and Union split the season series, and they'll go to the um, wins and league play, and that'll be tied if Union wins two and Brown loses two. They'll have seven wins each, which then goes to the record against the uh, top four teams. It's not really settled yet who those top four teams are. We'll probably won't know that till. Friday at the earliest, uh, definitely Saturday. We'll know what the top four. So what does Union have to play for this weekend? Well, I mean, they have to play for playing well going into the playoffs and kind of continuing some of the things they did against Quinnipiac. Difference between 9 and 10, I mean, maybe there's a little morale boost there, but from based on who they could potentially play in the first round of the playoffs, it's utterly irrelevant. It's just a number. Um, right now, the best chance is, is they're going to get Dartmouth, Yale, or Colgate. They're going to be on the on the road no matter who they're playing. And that whole middle four still has to shake out to determine who Union's going to play. You know, they have no idea who it's going to be. I mean, there still is a scant opportunity for Union and RPI to uh, hook up in the first round of the playoffs, which would be something that would be played at Houston yeah. Fieldhouse, of course. Um, but that, by far the most likely scenario is they're going to play Dartmouth, Yale, or Colgate. and so the nine and 10 thing, I, I mean, I guess the number, if it's nine sounds better than 10, you know, it's like being at the gas pump where you're, you're paying, you know, uh, paying two, two, two fifty nine instead of two sixty yeah. for a <laughs> gas. Um, so it, it, like where they finish doesn't really matter that much, I guess. It, and, but you know, if they did finish in ninth, that meant they won two games, which would be a great way to go into the playoffs yeah. for them. Well, coming up, we'll have the thoughts of Zach Amelophone. Uh, he was available to uh, the media on Wednesday uh, because the um, Rick Bennett wasn't available because the team practiced at six a.m. Six o'clock. I don't. We don't know what that was about. But Darian <laughs> Hansen said he he's pretty sure it wasn't punitive. It was just um, circumstantial somehow. We don't know why they haven't done it really very often at all. But uh, had a little bit of Herb Brooks maybe uh, spirit behind that uh, schedule. I don't know. Um, but it, uh, apparently it wasn't uh, punitive. Yeah. It was just circumstantial. I was sleeping at 6 o'clock. I don't know about you, but. <laughs> uh, let's see. I set my alarm for 7.30, and I beat it by half an hour because I got in here to write. You know, they got a story about Dylan Hanhorn going in. So Yeah, that's a, that, appeared, that appeared in Thursday's Gazette. We'll talk a little bit, a little bit about that. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. This is Mark Kestisher, the voice of the NBA on ESPN Radio and proud member of the 518 from Gilderland High School. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Now, here's Ken. Back on the Parting Shots Podcast, along with Mike McAdam, I'm Ken Schott. As we said in the uh, first segment, Rick Bennett was not available to the media on Wednesday afternoon like he usually is, but Zach Amelophone was, and here's what he had to say. 6 a.m. this morning? Yeah, we did. Is that something new? Uh, we've done it before in the past, but I guess just... You failed? Is it punishment? No, no, not punishment. <laughs> more so, I guess, just 
preparing for the weekend, so we are have. You, are you a fan of it? I mean, getting up early is sometimes tough for me, but I guess you can kickstart the day and get ahead of things. Probably like 5.45, 5.30. So you just rolled out of bed and got over here? Yeah, you get over here, get some breakfast, and stretch, roll out, and then hit the ice. All right, let's talk about this weekend. Um, not really much to play for. I mean, possibility of finishing ninth, which is you know, going to be tough to do, but what, what, are you, what are you trying to accomplish this weekend? I mean, I think there's still lots to play for in terms of, you know, finishing the season on the, on the right foot. Um, you know, last weekend, uh, you know, thought we battled hard, uh, you know, both games, uh, you know, came back in that Princeton game, tied it up late and, you know, came out hard against Quinnipiac. So, I mean, kind of down the stretch here, you want to make sure, you know, you're playing good hockey. Um, you know, it's not, not throwing away any games at this point in the season, so... I think that's where we're, we're headed going into this weekend. As a senior, does it feel like it's winding down for you, or is it kind of a little opposite of that, like because you're going to be getting into something new once the postseason starts? Yeah, I think uh, a bit of both. Uh, last weekend, obviously, with senior weekend, it kind of you know brings back some nostalgia in the sense that mm-hmm. the four years here does kind of fly by. Um, you know, I guess in every sense of the you know the experience it has been. But on the other side. Yeah, it is. You know, we're going into playoffs. So, I mean, I think it's definitely a moment to reflect on the season and then kind of, you know, moving moving forward, uh, you know, take what it is we had from this, this weekend and, and, and progress from there. So, still lots of hockey to be played, in my view. You have, the, you have, you know, you said talk about getting away from the playoffs, but you, you also have these two games yeah. this weekend. I guess you can't overlook them to say, well, we just got to be ready for the playoffs. Then get you in trouble, can't it? Oh, no, exactly. And I mean, I think, not I think, I know, like, Dartmouth is definitely a potential matchup. So, I mean, these games definitely do matter. We're taking them seriously. We're practicing hard this week for sure. And we're not, you know, we're not taking a, taking a weekend off, so. It may not show up in the win-loss record, but has this team gotten noticeably better to you over the course of the season? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, coming in with the amount of new guys we had, there was, uh, you know, a period where we needed to adjust. And I think we've, you know, we've adjusted, you know, as the season's gone on. Are there areas that we can still improve? Absolutely. But I think as a, as a, as a whole, we've definitely improved. And I think... Moving into this weekend, we're we're kind of we're kind of trending in the right direction. So, um, like I said, there's no no weekends will be taken off here, and you know, moving into this last weekend, we're definitely definitely looking to get you know uh, the six points that are available. So, for you personally, you know, you've found yourself thrown out of games a couple of times this year. What do you have to do to stay out of the penalty box to avoid those uh, game misconduct penalties? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, good question, I guess, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just being aware out there on the ice, um, especially you know when that's it's vulnerable. But I mean, the game's fast, right? So it's tough. It's tough to make those decisions on the fly. But uh, you know, I've definitely been weary of it. You know, obviously the refs are aware when you know I'm probably on the ice. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just I have to be you know um, aware you know as to when. When I got to slow down, you know, when when the guys' backs are turned, but I think just moving forward here, I gotta make sure you know I'm helping the team as much as I can. So that's that's probably being on the ice. But you also want to still be aggressive. Yeah, exactly. Fine line there. Yeah, it's 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 a tough tough balance, right? Um, I mean, 
you know, the refs want to, you know, call the game, uh, you know, as it is, which is which is their job. And, you know, I want to play the game within those rules. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's their call. But, you know, I'm going to play my game, which is, you know, tough physical game, taking pucks to the net. So, I mean, I can't I can't stop doing that because, I mean, that's that's how I help this team. So, I think I just, like I said, I have I, I can be aware, be a bit more aware when I'm out there. Um, you know, especially when, you know, it's those vulnerable moments near the boards, but I don't think I'm going to shy away from, you know, you know, hitting and, you know, finishing my checks when I have a chance to, so. I was talking to Hanson way back when, shortly after you scored the two goals against RPI, and he revealed the fact that um, someone at some point gave you the nickname Ovechkin. I was curious if you remember who uh, uh, the genius was who came up with that. Yeah, I might have been might have been Brendan Taylor from uh, from last year and the years past. Um, I don't know, nicknames Mo. So I mean, you can kind of play around with that pretty easy. But yeah, I mean, uh, I guess you know when I do find the back of the net every now and then, the boys like to joke around about it. So I mean, that's kind of where that came from, though. The two goal game seems to be your mo, not to make a, <laughs> make a pun out of it. Uh, no pun intended. Um, I mean. Yeah, I guess I've had. Yeah, we only had two games like that this year. But um, I mean, yeah, I guess kind of comes in bunches when it does happen, which is which is nice. Um, but yeah, so I mean, just again, just kind of roll roll with the bounces, I guess, in that sense. One last thing, um, referred to the penalties already, but yeah. um, we know how good Harvard's power play is. Yeah. Not to get ahead past Dartmouth, but um, they were three for five against you guys the first time, does that kind of make it even more important to stay on the right side of the law there? Yeah, no, I think it doesn't matter really who you play. Um, Obviously, I mean, Harvard does have a good power play, but I mean, so do a lot of other teams, and giving any any team a man man advantage is not not a good situation to be in, so like I said, I think it's just, at the end of the day, I need to be aware, uh, just more vigilant when I'm out there, and you know, when I'm in those, in those vulnerable moments. But I think, you know, our PK's been doing well, so there's definitely no need to, uh, to, be, to be worried about, about anybody's power play as long as we can, you know, make sure our PK's good and that we're staying out of the box as much as we can and, you know, playing between the whistles. We shouldn't have a problem in terms of, you know, dealing with anybody's power play. Well, Mike, the one thing I asked Zach about is the penalty minutes. He leads the team in penalty minutes. He said, I think, believe three game misconducts. And you also brought up the fact that they play Harvard on Saturday, who's had a tremendous power play. Yeah, it's right. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, what does he have to do to stay out of the box and avoid, I mean, avoid game misconduct situations? Well, the way he talked about it, and this goes for anybody who plays like he does, very aggressive forechecker. He's he's gonna lay a shoulder into you. That's his game. He's just like there's a line that crosses between aggressiveness and over aggressiveness, where you hurt the team by going over the line a little bit and. You know, frankly, there isn't any, you know, because, yeah, they want to win two games, but there isn't, like, anything real tangible at stake from a playoff standpoint. He's just got to go out there and play his game and fly around and, and create some havoc and hit and hit some people. Um, it's kind of funny because he had uh, three minors on senior night. Um, <laughs> uh, granted, he wasn't in there when they scored the game-winning goal, but uh, it's just kind of funny that there was a little bit of a signature moment for him. Um, uh so I, but you know, he he's in the position where you, you can't like hold back just because you're worried about how the refs are going to call it. Yeah, you got to be smart out there and and 
you know, not do something stupid to hurt the team. But there, a player like him, there's always going to be a line kind of staring him in the face, and he's just got to figure out how to walk that line. You mentioned also in the first statement the, uh, the article you wrote in Thursday's Gazette on Dylan Anhorn, uh, freshman defenseman. What has he been like? How has he played this year? Really a bright spot for them, and I don't know that he's had a lull from the beginning of the season until now. He's been somebody I've kept an eye on all season. I, you know, he's had some good scoring moments. He's been very productive, um, uh, five goals and nine assists or whatever it is. He's the third leading point producer on a team that doesn't produce a lot of points. Um, I think he's tied for seventh in the ECAC among freshman scorers. Um, but he's, he's the total package. He's decent size. He's six foot. He's listed at 175. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe he's a little bit heavier than that. Decent size, good feet, uh, good shot, smart. Um, and as Rick Bennett said, um, when did I talk to him? Uh, well, it was last week. Um, he said he flat out loves the game. And you say that about a lot of players, but, he, you know, he walks the walk and, and Rick Bennett in that regard compared him to Dan Carr of somebody who's just like totally committed to his game. And then Darian Hansen kind of reinforced that um, on Wednesday when I talked to him about how mature he is and, and just prepares like a pro. Um, and, but it hasn't really been any drop off from what I've seen all season, just a very complete defensive player with really good feet and good offensive, but, but plays the defensive end too. Okay, so um, we'll be back uh, to wrap up the podcast. I have some news from ECAC Hockey. Uh, they released uh, the top uh, the all decade teams, first and second teams for the 2010s. That was released on Wednesday. We also have an announcement about what we're doing over the next three weeks with uh, uh, ECAC Hockey Tournament. So you're listening to the Party Shots Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. NASCAR fans, it's time to rev up the engines and play the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest. Each week during the 36-week racing season, you pick 10 drivers. If you have the week's best point total, you'll receive a $50 Hannaford gift card. If you have the best point total for the season, you'll win a $250 Hannaford gift card. Be part of the fun. Go to dailygazette.com slash autoracing. Get your motor running and play today. Back on the Party Shots podcast, and of course, this is the last week of the regular season, the ECAC Hockey men's action. Uh, the women's uh, get underway with their quarterfinals in their ECAC Hockey tournament. But uh, we want to let you know, starting next week and continuing to the next uh, three weeks of the ECAC, uh, ECAC Hockey men's tournament, College Hockey News ECAC Hockey beat writer Josh Segan will join us each week to preview uh, each weekend's round of the uh, tournament, so we're happy to have Josh come aboard, and uh, he was a guest last year on the podcast, so it'll be a lot of fun to catch up with him and get his thoughts on what's going on in the ECAC hockey. Yep, we welcome Josh's presence all, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so in uh, news uh, that was released on Wednesday, uh, and I had a, a vote in this, uh, the ECAC hockey all-decade team for the 2010s was announced, and Union placed two players on the first team. Forward Mike Vecchioni and defenseman Shane Gossespierre. Uh, Vecchioni in his four seasons, now the stats uh, were just ECAC hockey only, not the overall stats. 
So uh, his career stats, 84 games played in uh, conference in conference action, 54 goals and 44 assists for 98 points. Of course, Shane Gosper in three years um, you know, had an outstanding season. Of course, uh, led helped lead Union to the national championship in 2014. 63 games, 39 goals, 27 assists. Um, let me go through the rest of the uh, team here for you. Uh, Ryan Donato is the other forward. Uh, also on defense is uh, uh, Adam Fox of Harvard. Uh, goaltender Alex Lyon of Yale. And I think I'm so I have one other Harvard forward I am missing here. Uh, I don't. I think I got everybody. I believe uh, Jimmy Vesey. That's the one I was missing. Oh, Jimmy yeah. Vesey was missing there. That's right. Thank you. Uh, so you know, Harvard and uh, Union dominating the uh, first team. Let's move over to the second team here as I click on the press release. And Daniel Carr uh, made the second team, and also Matt Bodie made the second team. So congratulations to the four. Uh, union players in uh, 88 career games in, in the league. Uh, Dan Carr, uh, 48 goals, 58 to 6, 106 points. That's uh, an amazing uh, stats. Of course, of course, remember the uh, 2014 national championship team his senior year. Bodie was the captain of that team in 65 games, 39 goals, 32 assists. Uh, the other members of the second team are Greg Carey of St. Lawrence of Forward, also Ryan Kuffner of Forward from Princeton. Uh, Austin Smith, uh, another forward from Colgate, uh, Gavin Bather, Bayreuther, uh, St. Lawrence defenseman, and Matt Galata and Kyle Hayton in goal. So there's some ties there uh, in the second team. So what do you think of the four union players making the uh, list? Seem like pretty much no-brainers. I mean, those are that's like the kind of the Mount Rushmore of those really good teams back then. Um Certainly provided us with a lot of highlights to watch beyond the stats and everything in a championship to boot. So, um, yeah, you win a title. A couple of people are probably going to be yeah. on all deck. Yeah. Uh, no, nothing in the Union Hockey Mailbag today, but uh, didn't get a chance to really post anything. But, of course, we're always happy to take your questions for the um, Union Hockey Mailbag. If you'd like to submit a question or comment, you can email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. You look for my weekly ACAC Hockey Fansoft selections. It's the final week of the regular season. Uh, they'll be at dailygazette.com slash sports slash parting shots. You can participate in the face-off selections by emailing your picks to me at shot at dailygazette.com. And the next three weeks, we're going to get your picks for the tournament. What do I win <laughs> if I if I pick better than everybody else? Uh, you, win, you, you win my ad, the yeah, steam admira admiration. better than that. <laughs> I'll buy you something from Stewart's or something. Sweet. <laughs> Well, that wraps up another edition of the Party Shots Podcast. Mike, thanks for joining me, and uh, we'll get do this again uh, next week in the month of March. Look forward to it. Look forward to having Josh on, too. Yeah, that's right. Josh Seagam, remember that, will be on with us next for the next three weeks. The Party Shots Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Subscribe today. Follow us on social media. I'm at Slapshots on Twitter and Instagram, and Mike is on Twitter at Mike underscore McAdam. The views expressed in the Party Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Gazette newspapers. The Party Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. For Mike McAdam, thanks for listening. For the Party Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good hockey.